Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co-host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage. Educate, form, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to the SCL Mortgage Show. I'm Sandy Clough with Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage on this 26th day of March. 2022. Uh, the phone number by which you can contact SCL Mortgage remains 303-790-2222. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. So, Larry, why don't we start out right away with interest rates? Uh, my latest 60-second spot for SCL is about rates going up, but also that they are still good. Yes. Good morning, Sandy. It's good to be here. Uh, thanks for recording that spot, by the way. I appreciate it. I, I actually heard it um, Let's see, what night was I driving home? I heard it on the PM drive during the week, and then I, I also hear it in the morning and on your show, um, you and Sean, in the evening. So, yes, thanks for recording that. And the reason I, I wanted to let people know that, yes, interest rates have gone up. Um, you know, last year at this time, Sandy, our 10-year bond, which is where the conventional rates are based off, whatever the 10-year bond market is doing, that was at uh, 0.7%, which is obviously really good, and those rates were low. But now it's at 2.3%. So that's caused the interest rates to go up. But you're absolutely right. They are still good. If we take a look at a, the national average, you know, 34 years, 34-plus years I've been doing this, these interest rates are still really good. Right. You know, you can, you can lock in a, a low single-digit, uh, interest rate for 30 years in the high threes, low fours, which is still really, really good. So, yeah, they've gone up, and 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 pro- they're probably going to go some more, right? So, uh, but I would tell people, make the phone call now. If it makes sense for you, you'll find out if it does. If it doesn't, that's okay. But at least you know. So please do give us a call. Uh, do you know where all this stops, Larry, and how far up interest rates may go? Well, I can tell you what I read with uh, what Fannie Mae says, what Freddie Mac says, what the National Mortgage Banker Association says, and that will probably be in the mid to high fours before the year's up. So four and three quarter, maybe, maybe a little more, maybe a little bit less. But interestingly, they're all predicting the same thing. They're all predicting they're going to go up, and they're all predicting in the mid to high fours. So right now we're in the low fours, maybe high threes. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not going to stop for a while. So, um, but again, you know, mid to high fours is still not not so bad. So I I would I would uh, let people know not you know to place fear or anything like that, but just uh, if it makes sense, let's let's talk about it. And maybe the interest rate is the same or maybe a little bit higher than where you are now. But if you take cash out, it's what you do with that cash, yes. right? So if we can pay off more expensive debt or non-interest deductible debt, that's a good thing. So we have to look at the whole picture. Everybody's everybody's financial household is different. Every every family is different. So if we look at the whole picture, then we can decide or make suggestions on what, what might be a, a good course of action. Larry, you were telling me before the show that the podcast of all our shows is now out there on many platforms. Yes, it is. And uh, uh, kudos to Carrie for getting that done. There there are podcast platforms that I had not even heard about. 
So I let me let me tell you, Sandy. Maybe you've heard of some of these, but Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, in addition to the Fan, right. And in addition to um, our website, uh, whether it's uh, you know myspecialmortgage.com or the SCL Mortgage, uh, the S- Mortgage Radio Show, um, all the podcasts are there. But there's a lot of um, maybe folks a little younger than you and I listen to <laughs> Spotify and, sure. and Audible and Stitcher and some of these other things. So yes, our podcasts are all over um, any place you want to find them. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about cash-out refinances, but I don't know if we have ever really defined what exactly that is. What is a cash-out refinance? That's a really good question. Thank you for asking me. And, um, yeah, there is a difference. You can do a what we call a rate-and-term refinance, and you can get up to $2,000 cash back to you. We don't call that a cash-out refinance, but you can actually get some cash. And, of course, when you skip two months' payments, whatever your payment is, say $2,000, there's another $4,000 that you keep. But there's two types of refinances in our world, Sandy, and and I would tell our listeners there's what we call the rate and term. Excuse me, refinance. You refinance to lower your rate or you refinance to shorten the term. 25 years, 20 years, 15, 10, anything um, it, from 10 to 30. We've, we have it all. So a cash-out refinance is where you're actually taking more than the $2,000, whether it's you know home improvement or paying off credit card debt or whatever the case is. Yes, you can do that. That's called a cash-out refinance. So rate and term refinance, cash-out refinance, and, of course, purchase money loans. It's also been some time since we talked about cash out versus people getting a HELOC. So if we could, let's, res- uh, let's yeah. revisit that a little bit. Okay. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a very appropriate topic right now because people are um, – maybe they're looking for home improvement. Maybe they're looking for – to pay off. Uh, maybe they need cash for whatever reason. So they think, well, I refinanced last year and I got a pretty good rate. So I don't know if I want to touch that. Maybe I should just go get a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit. Now, those are typically offered by banks. But many times, those are adjustable rate mortgages, or they are fixed for only a short period of time. So I still think, once once we've done the math, which we always have to do, I think it's better to refinance your mortgage and get that cash you need as opposed to getting a HELOC, because a HELOC is it's a second lien position on your house. And if you don't use that money for home improvement, it's not tax deductible. So that's that's another reason. Now, you know, if you need ten grand or fifteen grand, that's that's one thing. Maybe a HELOC is okay. But when you start getting twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars we really, really need to look at refinancing the mortgage. And again, it's not every situation is the same. So let's look at each individual situation and do the math, and then we know for sure. Uh, I know in your world, Larry, loan closings are different now because of the pandemic, and we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. 
and give you a chance to tell our listeners what happens at a loan closing and is it different uh, for refinance as opposed to a purchase. We'll get to that and much more as the SCL Mortgage Show continues for this Saturday, March 26th, 2022 on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. And we continue now with the SEL Mortgage Show. Sandy Clef with Larry Jager. And, of course, the phone number for SEL Mortgage is 303-790-2222. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. Larry, loan closings are different now because of the pandemic. We've talked about that over the last couple of years. But tell our listeners what happens at a loan closing. And is it different for a refinance versus a purchase? Yes, absolutely it is. It's it's it's. It's completely different, but it, it's still a loan closing. But here, here's what happens on a refinance. Um, you're going to sign the closing documents. And, yes, things have changed, Sandy, since, you know, March of 2020. Now most, most of the closings happen at a title company, especially if it's a purchase. But not always. Um, our, our title company uses traveling notaries. So we can go or they can go to people's homes. They can go to their business. They can go just about anywhere. Traveling notaries can, can perform a, clo- a loan closing just about anywhere. But let, let's start with, um, with a refinance. When you refinance your mortgage, there is a um, closing date set up where the borrower or the borrowers will sign all their loan documents. And people have to allow about 30 to 40 minutes to do that. It's not a real long time. It's really depending on if they have questions and or how many questions. But by that time, our loan officers have talked to our customers so many times that there's there's rarely ever a, a question. It's just, oh, yep, yeah, everything is just like we talked about for a month. So let's let's get it done. So there's this thing called right of rescission. Um, it's a federal law. That whenever you put a lien on somebody's house, their primary residence, that you cannot close and fund on the same day because people are entitled to three days to think about it, three business days, or it includes Saturdays, not Sundays or holidays. So, for example, if people sign their loan documents today on Saturday, then we would have to wait three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the loan would fund on Thursday. And that's when when money moves, that old loan gets paid off, the new loan goes into place, the lien gets recorded, the people get their cash. And and so that's a refinance. On a purchase, it's different. There is no right of rescission period. So you close and fund on the same day. Money moves, pays off the old mortgage, new mortgage goes into place. Um that's a happy day. <laughs> That's a happy day for everybody. Well, any loan closing is a, is a happy day. But when people um, close and fund on the same day, they get the keys to the new house and off they go. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great experience. We're going to go in a little bit of a different direction here okay. because uh, you had said your loan officers had some topics they wanted you to cover this week. So oh, right. we'll do that, okay. starting with Mark, who wanted you to talk about DSCR and how that works. Oh, I'd be happy to. And, and yes, I did go out to uh, all of our loan officers and I said, hey, folks, what do you, would you like Sandy and I to talk about this week? And they all responded with something. Can you talk about this or talk about that? So, Mark, if you're listening, yours is the first question. You wanted me to talk about DSCR. 
So that stands for debt service coverage ratio. And it's applicable for investment properties. Um, it's not applicable for a primary residence or a second home because typically the, there's no rental income coming from those those properties. But on an investment property, there is rental income. So what we look at, it's, it's really simple. It sounds complicated, but debt service coverage ratio. So we have to service the debt. So if the new mortgage payment is going to be $2,000, let's say, which includes principal, interest, tax, and homeowner's insurance, and let's say the rental agreement or you're going to rent the property for $2,000 or more. Well, now we have service the debt or service the new mortgage payment, and we've got it basically covered. So we don't have to get into all kinds of tax returns and P&Ls and all that stuff. We simply need to make sure the rental amount covers the payment. And that is debt service coverage ratio. So it works really slick, really, really, really well. Jesse wanted to know what happens when someone comes out of forbearance. Good question. Can they refinance? That's a very good question. Thank you, Jesse. And uh, Jesse is one of our newer loan officers. Um, and she's uh, <laughs> she's doing really, really well. I, I'm, I'm surprised at her pipeline. And... Uh, her sister is Rebecca, who is also with uh, SCL Mortgage. So Rebecca, which is very complimentary to me because Rebecca does really well. So she convinced her sister to come to this business, this industry. And here we are just a few months later. She's got a big pipeline and she's asking um, all kinds of good questions. So, yes, the government uh, at the start or shortly after the start of the pandemic, the government said, all right, we realize there's tough times out there for some people. Maybe your income has gone away or or shrunk to, to some percentage. So if you are not able to make your house payment, we can put your loan into forbearance, meaning you don't have to make the payment. Well, okay, that that's good for some people. But if, if some people took advantage of it, maybe they didn't need to. So now we sort of have to pay the piper, if you will, because you can't just refinance if you're in forbearance, right? So whatever portion was was forbearance or given a forbearance, so let's say it's one month, two, three, four, whatever, uh, of payments. So those payments have to be brought current. And then you have to make three payments on time, and then you're eligible to refinance. So um, I, I like that question for a number of reasons, because one, we can, we can educate our listeners, and two, we can let them know if they are in forbearance, here's what has to happen before we can refinance their, their mortgage to the new current interest rates. So great program, but now if you want to refinance to a lower rate, we got to get caught up and, and make three payments on time. So great question, Jesse. All right. On to Steve, who wanted you to talk about jumbo loans. Where do they start and how, Kai, can you go? Well, they start at um, $647,200. So the difference in in our world, Sandy, is we have what we call conforming loans and we have jumbo loans, right? And you're nodding your head because you're already a mortgage guy. You know what I'm I'm talking about. Um, So a conforming loan is up to $647,200. Above that is a jumbo loan. 
And a jumbo loan, we can go up to $3 million. And if you, here, here's the cool part, Sandy, uh, up to $3 million with 10% down. So not, not much. And also there's never any mortgage insurance on our jumbo loans. So you could borrow 90% of the purchase price and not have mortgage insurance. And again, those interest rates are, are still really good too. So jumbo loans are becoming more and more popular as home values go up. And people need to, you're going to end up paying, you know, in the jumbo land world for right. for a mortgage and or for a house these days. So more and more of those we're seeing in, in our pipelines. And finally, Carrie wanted you to ask how much money does someone really need to buy a house? Uh, great question. So <clears throat> the answer to that is, um, it, it's not the same answer for every situation, obviously, because whether you're buying a million dollar house or a seven hundred thousand dollar house, it's going to vary. But but in general, you have to have your down payment, of course. Um, but that leads me to our down payment assistance program. So if people need help with that, that's something we can talk to them about. But if but for rough numbers, you can figure whatever your down payment is, whether it's three and a half percent on an FHA loan, five percent on conventional, ten percent on jumbo. So you need your down payment, and then you need the closing costs. And the closing costs are pretty much all third-party, you know, appraisal, title, credit report, stuff like that. And it's kind of a, a percentage of the loan amount. Um, and I can tell you ours are very competitive, Sandy. I know that because I've seen closing costs or loan estimate from other lenders, and ours are very competitive. And the, for example, the credit report company that we use, very competitive pricing. Uh, the title company that we use, and we've had those, our good friends from Paramount on before, very competitive pricing, uh, awesome service. So figure closing costs, and, and that could be maybe 1% or less of the loan amount. So just ballpark. And then, of course, when we close the loan, underwriters always like to see that you've got a couple payments left in your bank right so that you're not tapped out come come the first payment so it does vary but it's um, um it, i can tell you they're very competitive which is most important for our listeners all right we have coming up customer emails our weekly segment uh, uh that we very much enjoy and we'll uh, entertain your emails that have come in all of them in fact, have come in uh, within the last week as we continue on the SCL Mortgage Show. Sandy Clough, president of SCL Mortgage, Larry Jager on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Time now for our weekly segment on customer emails. This is the segment when we get to respond to customer emails, and they're always very interesting and very, very informative. We learn a lot from the emails. We do. We do. Uh, well, I do anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure you uh, need to learn all that much more. But I'll remind our listeners they can always go to www.thesclmortgageshow.com to ask an email question. Absolutely they can. If And I know it happens because we get emails that said, oh, I heard you talk about this, but what about this? Well, um, you know, send us an email, uh, go to that site, fill out its, uh, its name, email address, and your question, 
And we won't give your personal information out over the air, of course, but we're happy to answer your question. So, um, Sandy, the first one this week came from David, who said, would like to talk to someone about what kind of loan would be best for me, planning to purchase within a year. Um, And, oh, by the way, I like your show on Saturday morning. So, David, thank you for being a listener. Thank you for the email. And good for you. You're, You're giving yourself plenty of time if you think you want to buy in a year. But let's take a look at your situation and see what loan programs are are best for you or what's available to you. So um, he says to uh, reach him after 3.30, so I'm sure that's what our loan officer did. So thank you, David. Uh, Okay, this came from Manuel, who said, My fiancé and I are looking to sell her house, which needs to have some work done. We're also looking to buy a home. We need a real estate agent and a lender. We have both been in the automotive industry for 17 years. Wow, good for you. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Just, you know, that hits me like just very appreciative people, right? Yes. Just asking for help. Right. Asking for a, a, a mortgage, a lender, and a real estate agent. So this went to, um, actually, I think there was two of them this week my loan officers were telling me. One went to Michelle Buer. And one went to uh, Ian Graham. So, because we know these two agents are just top notch and they will take very good care of them. In fact, Michelle did email me and said she'd already set up an appointment with Manuel. So, um, looking to buy a home, sell the home that they're in. And um, this this is, is really cool because we're between us and our real estate partners, we're going to take good care of you, Manuel, and your fiance. So, thank you for the email. Very nice. Yes, very nice. Okay, Lorena said, um, I'm trying to help my parents get a loan so they can buy a house. Looking for an appointment so we can all sit down and talk about their special situation. So um, Fits right in. Fits right in. <laughs> that's, that's what we do in the SCO mortgages, special circumstance lending on, on many occasions. So, yeah, we're happy to sit down. Our office is in Lone Tree. We have an office in Colorado Springs. Uh, this is somewhere in Colorado. I'm not really sure. Um, uh, but also there's an office in, in Northern Cal- uh, Northern Colorado. So, um, let's sit down and figure out what's, what's best for your parents. And if you want to help them, good for you. Uh, okay. This came from Anne who said, hello, I heard your morning show on 104.3 Denver radio station. I was hoping someone could contact me because in a couple months we'll be looking to buy our first home. We are younger, and I fear that the market um, might be difficult for us. Well, That's a common fear. Isn't it? Yeah, because prices are going up. It's, uh, it's a prob- If it's your first home, it's a great big loan or a bigger loan than you've probably had before. But you know what? Talk to us about it, and let's let's address whatever fears or concerns you have, because I can tell you when I bought my first house a long time ago, oh my gosh, I was nervous. How am I going to make this payment? And I think the payment was like fourteen hundred dollars or something, Sandy. It wasn't. It wasn't very. Now rent is way more than yeah, that. Yes. But yes. again, that was a long time ago. But I, yeah, that that's our job to to let you all know exactly what that process is going to be like. You know, we've probably been there with your fears and concerns, so we can talk to you about that. 
alleviate them, make you a more educated buyer. And if we do that, then you're going to feel more comfortable. And those fears and anxieties, whatever they may be, and that's okay to have them, absolutely. And it's okay to talk about them, but let's figure them out and, and put them to rest. If we talk about it, you know, that's... I, I, here's a saying for you, Sandy, if I haven't told you before, but we have a thing around our office. If there's a problem or a issue or a fear and anxiety, let's put it on the table, talk about it, fix it, and move on. And it's it's very simple. Well, I think a couple of the emails that we've read so far bring to mind that kind of personal contact Yeah, that people really relish Don't they? having. Yeah. And... If you're buying for the first time, you're going to be apprehensive. If you're in a special circumstance, you're going to be a little bit unsure. You may have even been told no Mm -hmm. by a big bank or a larger company. We can't help you there. This, This is way out of our realm. Right. And you're able to provide that kind of reassurance And as you've described the process in the past, that's a lot of what goes in to getting the closing table, communicating with people, making them comfortable when they may start off skeptical and uncomfortable. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, right? So if based on questions that people ask us, we obviously know what they know and what they don't know. But sometimes we'll go one step further. Oh, by the way, did you think about this? Or, oh, by the way, let me tell you about this, what's going to happen. You're probably going to go through some some phases of uh, doubt or uncertainty or apprehension. So that's our job to to take all that away. So, And we are very much looking forward to helping you out. Okay, uh, this comes from Adam who said, need to look at refi to drop my mortgage insurance have a lower credit score, and start a new job on Monday, March 21st. Okay. Hoping you all can work with me. It sounded like you can from the radio station. Well, Adam, I will tell you, based on the credit score you told me, yes, we can help you. And let's get rid of mortgage insurance because you've got the equity now, most likely, so you don't need to be paying that. And started a new job on Monday. That's okay. Now, we do need to see um, 30 days worth of pay stubs from your new job. So, you know, we'll take 30 days in the refi, right? And then that's about what it takes anyway. Maybe a little less, maybe a little more depending on the situation. But just the fact that you've started a new job is not not a problem. So, um, yeah, thanks for being a listener and uh, thanks for getting a hold of us, Adam. And just to be clear... Uh, you do not recommend during the process that people change jobs. Great point. But yeah, that one, as presented, is perfectly acceptable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, started a new job on Monday. I'm sure you know we take the application Monday or Tuesday, and, and we're good to go. So thanks for bringing that up, Sandy. Uh, this came from Nick, who said, um, self-employed, looking for a possible cash-out refinance on our home. Interested in your bank statement loan opportunities as I'm self-employed? Well, 
Nick, uh, that tells me you've probably heard um, Sandy talking about us in our bank statement loan program. Maybe you've heard us about heard about us in the bank statement program on the show. But uh, yeah, self employed. We that program is tailor made for people like you. Okay, I have a couple, three more, if it's okay, Sandy. Absolutely. Okay, this came from Dennis, who said. Um, Tells me his FICO score, and he said it's due to income-to-debt ratios. So we have a um, we have a, a sort of a mortgage guy here because he knows what income-to-debt ratios are. He says, um, can you lend to me? I'm tired of renting, would love to buy a house. My lease is up in July, and I'd like to know within the month if I can buy or extend my lease. Well, absolutely. You've given us enough information, Dennis, so... Um, I think we're going to be okay with your score, depending on what we have in the way of down payment, depending on what's dragging the score down. Maybe there's ways we can fix it, get it up, make suggestions. So, yeah, you're, you've given us enough time, so thanks for getting a hold of us, and uh, let's see if we can't make you a homeowner. I, I clearly understand when you say you're tired of renting. Yes. Okay, this came from uh, Lamont, who said... I'm looking for a loan to give me a cash offer capability. Um, so that sounds like bridge loan to me, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, looking for a loan. So in in this case, Lamont, if I'm reading this correctly, you have a home that you um, are going to sell and you're going to buy another home. And yes, as a contingent buyer, it really severely limits you with all the competitive offers these days. So we'll look at giving you a bridge loan, which is basically a line of credit. So now you become a cash buyer. So you do not have a contingency and don't have to sell your home before you move. Okay. So the next one is from Anna who said, I'm looking to refinance my home to pay off some debt. I have some unique financial uh, issues. Well, special circumstance, maybe. Yes. And um, that's that's part of what we do around here, Anna. So thank you for the thank you for the email. I'm sure a loan officer's contacted you, and we'll figure out what the situation or the circumstances are, and uh, hopefully work around that and still be able to help you out. All right, we thank David, Manuel, Lorena, Anne, Adam, Nick, Dennis, Lamont, and Anna for their emails this week. We'll have a lot more next week, of course. Emails that all come in within the past seven days. And again, the reminder to our listeners that they can always go to uh, the SCLMortgageShow.com to ask an email question that is very likely to get read uh, on the air. And, of course, the phone number for SCL Mortgage continues to be 303-790-2222. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. And when we come back, more questions from Larry's Loan Officers and uh, we know they'll be great questions. <laughs> they uh, we they can, will. <laughs> we can uh, have great faith placed uh, in that as we continue with this March 26th, 2022 edition of the SCL Mortgage Show on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. All right, we're going to pick up where we left off about 20 minutes ago, myspecialmortgage.com, the website for SCL Mortgage, 303-790-2222 is the phone number. I'm Sandy Clef, Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage, is by my side. More questions from your loan officers, Larry. Rebecca said that credit has 
A FICO score at 650. So can someone get a conventional loan? Oh, um, I, I remember Rebecca talking to me about that this week. And I think she said Credit Karma had the, the score at 650. So um, so here's the thing with Credit Karma. It's, it's not a... It's not a credit bureau that we use when we do a mortgage. We do what's called a tri-merge credit report. And that's a merger of all three credit bureaus into one credit report. And in a mortgage, you could be borrowing money for 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years. So our credit reports are a lot more in-depth, a, uh, a lot more background we look at. So we go back quite a way. So Credit Karma... Is, is a snapshot of what your credit score is today based on one bureau. So it's very likely or very possible that a mortgage credit report will show a lesser credit score than what Credit Karma does. So having said that, um, it depends on the difference, what that is and, and how much it is. But on a 650 or a 650 FICO score, yes, you can get a conventional loan. So we'll have to see where the mortgage credit report uh, has your credit scores. But again, maybe there's things we can do to improve those scores. And Sandy, you, you wouldn't believe how much of the population has has had credit issues or credit hiccups. And it, it's a big part of what we do all the time is helping people get their credit scores up. Because if we can do it, if we can help, of course we want to do that. But as we sit with a 650, yes, of course you can get a conventional loan. Nico wanted you to talk about rising home prices and the possible cost of waiting to buy. A familiar topic on the show. Isn't it? Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, think about this. So, yes, home values, home prices have gone up. Yes, interest rates have gone up slightly. But that home that you're going to buy today or in 2022 is probably going to continue appreciating. Now, I can't sit here and say they're going to continue appreciating 12 or 15 or 17% per year. Right. But even if we say 10%, um, which is, you know, or or even 5%, let's be super conservative. And let's say you buy a $500,000 house today and it appreciates 5% next year or in 2022. Well, that's $25,000 that you may have left on the table if you didn't buy that house. So home buying, home purchasing is still one of the greatest investments you can make. And, oh, by the way, you need to live somewhere. So why not live in your own house or your own townhouse or your own condo? And when you can borrow, there's a fair amount of leverage you can do when buying a house. You can buy a house with as little as 3.5% down or 5% or 10% or whatever the case. So, yes, home values have gone up and they're kind of expensive but still a really, really good investment. Back to Kerry again. He had another topic for you, and it has to do with items that aren't included in DTI, and maybe, once again, we should explain DTI. Okay. Okay, so DTI is debt-to-income ratio. So we calculate a percentage of that, your current debts, whatever's on your credit report, and your new house payment, principal, interest, tax, and insurance. We also calculate um, HOA dues, Sandy, right, right. if there are those, right? 
So many communities in, in Colorado and around the country have an HOA. Um, we have one. Our, ours is like, I think it's like $35 a month. It's really, they pick up the trash. You know? Right. But, but oh, j- yeah. just about everybody's got one. So we, now that's not included in the payment, but we do calculate it in when we're calculating your income to debt ratio. So we look at new house payment, payments on installment loans, the minimum payment on a, say, a revolving or a credit card. We add those together, divide it by your gross monthly income, and that becomes your income to debt ratio. And those ratios, depending on the loan program, could be the requirement is 42%, 45%, can be up to as much as 50% in some cases. So everything that's on the credit report and every obligation we have to we have to factor into that income to debt ratio. So hopefully that explains it for our listeners. Amanda said we should tell people what kind of documentation is needed to get a mortgage. Okay. Uh, do you remember Amanda? She's been on yes, the air with us. Absolutely. Yep. Great guest, great loan officer. So um, good good question, Amanda. So um, maybe the short answer to that, Sandy, is two, two, and two. So it's two years tax returns, two years W-2s, two months bank statements, and that's about it. Well, a copy of your driver's license, oh, yeah. that, that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, and it's that's a pretty good rule unless it's a bank statement program and we don't see tax returns then we look for 2 years of bank statements so 222 is a is a pretty good short answer to that question but um um and and it's things have gotten so you know so electronic so everybody's got their their documentation somewhere in their computer or you can go to your accountant and gra- grab it or you can go to your bank and grab your bank statements online. It's all super easy these days. And people can apply online with us and it's very secure and they just drag and drop their documentation. So you don't need a ton of computer skills to to be able to apply for a mortgage, at least not with SEL. And Annette wanted you to tell our listeners what all is included in a mortgage payment. And uh, by the way, what is PITI? PITI, we have a lot of acronyms in our world. I know DTI. I think we've covered most of them. <laughs> I think actually we today. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly in the almost five years we've been doing this, right? You know, just a side topic. I was um, I was driving in here this morning, or actually not this morning. I heard it earlier in the week where um, Zach uh, By and, and Brandon Stokely said they have been doing their show for five years. This month, either this month or the one coming up, and I thought, hey, next month is our anniversary. That's too. right, five months competing in- anniversaries. <laughs> well, I'm, we're going to have to give those guys a hard time about that. So, okay, so Annette wanted to know what all is included in a mortgage payment. So it's PITI is principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Now, principal and interest, obviously, that's the payment you make on your mortgage. And the taxes and insurance is or are the property taxes on your house and the homeowner's uh, insurance on your house as well for, for fire insurance. So those two pieces, taxes and insurance, get, get paid into what's called an escrow account. So when your taxes come due uh, in Colorado, it's, they're due twice a year. So they, 
they take it busted in half. It's I think it's March and May, if I'm not mistaken. So there's enough money in your escrow account to pay your property taxes. And then every year when your homeowner's insurance bill comes due, and it's usually due annually, so there's enough money in there to pay that on on um, person's behalf. So um, PITI, Principal Interest Tax and Insurance. All right. Um, normally, I ask you the questions, and you always have the answers. <laughs> well, the questions, few and far between as they may be, that are posed by you to me, um, often I'm crystal ball gazing. Oh. I have no real idea. But you had a question you wanted to ask me. we got a couple of minutes left. Okay. You're way too modest, by the way. You I, you always have an answer for the questions, or you have hopefully the right one on occasion. Anyway, <laughs> normally I know you have an opinion. That, so let me put it this way: your opinion is normally always correct. I don't know that I've ever been able to stump you. So, my question to you is: the AFC West is extremely competitive. Yes, yes, and there is a good quarterback at. Just about every team, or a very good quarterback. A very good quarterback at the very least. Yes. If not a so, great And now this year, there's with all the teams been, you know, a free agent, this person and that person, they're stacking up, and holy smokes, this. I mean, if we didn't have Russell Wilson, I, I don't. <laughs> oh, the, the Broncos would be left in the dust and yeah. looking at how they might win four or five games this year. Yeah. And wondering how they'd win any games in the division. Uh, But I will say this. I read a piece this week about free agency in the period right before in which the Broncos did trade for Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And the teams that have fared best, every team except Kansas City in the AFC West got multiple mentions. Everyone. They had a panel of, I'm guessing, about a dozen. And they all offered up their teams. And multiple votes for the Chargers, multiple votes for the Raiders, and multiple votes for the Broncos. Very interesting. Which makes it seem like this just finally may be a year in which the Kansas City Chiefs don't run roughshod (laughs) over the other three teams, which they've been basically doing for six years now. Yeah, good point. It's been six years since we've beaten them. I, yeah, well, I think five yes. years. Parts of seven. Oh, my Parts goodness. of seven. So it goes back to 2015, the second game played between the two teams. But it's 13 straight losses to the Chiefs. Now, I will Oof. say this. Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers have beaten the Chiefs. The Broncos have right. not over this period of time. If the Broncos want to be in the playoffs, they have to do – Two things at the very least. Win half the games in their division. There are six. Okay. Yep. Win at least three. And the other thing they have to do is at least split with Kansas City. Yeah. Finally. Finally. If they're really going to break through. Well, this is the year to do that, it seems like. I mean, we Broncos have a pretty darn good team. Now that we've got a quarterback in place and we've got, you know, a receiver core and, and – um, now, I, I should know this, but we have Devont, uh, our Devontae running back. Williams. Williams, yes. Do we have another one, or maybe that will be in the draft? I, I think that could be a draft pick. Okay. Very well could be a draft pick because you can find running backs yeah. outside of the first day of drafting, even okay. outside of the second day of drafting. Do we still have Melvin Gordon? Is he still with us? Uh, he is a free agent. Oh. It is surprising that the Broncos 
had 17 unrestricted free agents. Only two of the 17 have signed with other teams. Oh, very interesting. 15 are still out there, and Melvin Gordon is one of the 15. Hmm. But the Broncos have been very aggressive in free agency. Yeah. Not um, necessarily making blockbuster moves, although I think the Randy Gregory signing was a very big surprise. Yeah. And puts them out there ahead of the field uh, as far as uh, addressing a clear need in a way that nobody expected. Yeah, I've been super impressed with George Payton and his moves, and you know far more about this game than I do, but to hear you say it, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, they've made themselves relevant, and yeah. that is a change from <laughs> uh, certainly the last five years, uh, if not the last six. Uh, but it's been a very interesting off season so far, and the NFL is good at keeping itself in the news during the They're off season. Very good. And this has been the newsiest Bronco off season, and we don't even know who the new owner is yet. <laughs> more, more, more good stuff to follow. More good we stuff hope to follow. We hope. Well, Larry, my thanks. As thank always. you, Sandy. Great to be with you all the time. And we'll be coming back next week in the month of April. Yes, sir. And celebrating. For the next month, our five-year anniversary. I think we should celebrate program. it every weekend. I agree. Okay. I agree. We'll get started uh, uh, next week on, I believe, April second. If my I think you're right. Yes, April Fools is on Friday. That's right. Well, <laughs> at least we're not on Friday. Right. Uh, right. That, that that's that's a big break. Uh, we've enjoyed it. Sandy Club for Larry Jager. This has been the SEL Mortgage Show. Uh, stay with us and uh, tune in next week. Same time, 7 to 8, on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Thanks for listening to the SEL Mortgage Show with Sandy Clough and mortgage expert Larry Jager. If you missed a portion of the show or want to listen to the program again, listen to podcasts at the SCLMortgageShow.com. Questions or assistance with a loan? Call their main office in Denver at 303-790-2222 or online at MySpecialMortgage.com, NMLS, 120 